Let us help you discover the keys to success, the keys to success in your internet marketing. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org. CertifiedKnowledge.org. Overcome the trials and tribulations of the past and let Marketing Nirvana revolutionize your revenue stream and ROI. Prepare to experience Marketing Nirvana right now. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Marketing Nirvana. I'm your host, Brad Geddes, the founder of Certified Knowledge. We're a marketing training and tool set company designed to educate you on paid search and then save you time with our tools. On this show, we investigate various ways in which your marketing efforts can reach a state of nirvana. Now, on your last, on last show, you might have noticed that our two guests, Rebecca and Alistair from Periscopics, had British accents. And that's because they're based in England, which gives them a great European perspective on a really interesting challenge international PPC management. You know, one of the challenges of running paid search throughout Europe, and, and this applies to pretty much any continent, is that you've got a variety of languages and cultures. And, and this diversity is something you have to really think about when you want to expand beyond your own country. So please welcome back from our last show, Rebecca, the group of head search, and Alistair Dent, the director of paid media from Periscopics. Hey, thanks both of you for being back on the show today. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us back again. Lovely to be here. So if you haven't heard our, our last show, it was on RLSAs and really good information from these two. But today we're talking international PPC. So just to frame Periscopic's perspective on international PPC, what kind of experience do you, do you have with international accounts? We've got a lot of experience running large brands um, across, the, across the various industries such as entertainment, finance, retail, travel, uh, and also software verticals. Um, which have been running internationally for many years. One of the, the interesting things is that going international isn't just limited to the large brands. It's something that the, the, the medium-sized and the SMBs can do as well That as a really nice expansion route when they're running nice, efficient AdWords campaigns to say, well, what can I do internationally? And being able to work in that way is, is an absolutely fantastic and, and you know, really, really rewarding to see those companies be able to do that. Yeah, and in some ways, we say international when we really mean targeting multicultures at once. So you've got Canada, where essentially you've got French and English. You have Belgium. They've got four languages spoken in the country. And, and so sometimes international, really the concepts of it apply within a country sometimes as well. So what are some of the, the big things that, that someone needs to consider when running or, or thinking about and planning to run an international account? One of the first things that I think you need to consider um, is the different time zones that you'll be running in. It's a, a crucial point to think about, and it's something that you have to think about before you can even set up your AdWords account because time zones are set at account level. If you're going to be running across a lot of different time zones, you probably want to try and set the time zone to be the same one as the countries that you're operating in for the purposes of things like ad scheduling. So you wouldn't want to be getting very confused having to work that out manually yourself and then setting all kinds of strange um, ad schedules based on time zones that you've worked out in your head. It leaves well, a lot of room for error. Let's, let's, let me ask a quick follow-up before you continue on this one. So if I'm only spending you know, 20,000 euro a month, 
I'm not going to have a UK account and a German account and a Russia account necessarily. They might be campaigns in a lot of cases, or do you always set up different accounts per country? It would depend a lot on the website, but in a lot of those cases, we would go as far as setting up different accounts per country. By by doing so, you're able to advertise um, and bid in local currency, which can make you uh, well, it, it much more predictable in terms of your auction competitiveness because a single currency can be used per account. Um, and you'll also, as, as Rebecca said, be able to control the time zone a lot more, which makes reporting a far, far more pleasant process. I can tell you just how awful it can be when you're having to manipulate the results of different campaigns for different time zones and some have crossed date lines and have to say, well, actually, this, you know, this bit from this time and this day is actually the same time as this bit on the other day. And by being able to, to have those separate, it can make a big difference. Now, if, you've, if you want to advertise across you know, 100 countries, then it becomes completely impractical. But if you want to say, well, I'm in the UK and like to expand into Europe, or I'm in the US and I want to expand to you know, Canada, UK, Australia, then separating into some separate accounts can make sense. There's a trade-off point. It'll be different for everybody. How much you spend is probably less important than how much time you're willing to invest but if, assuming that you are willing to put some of that time into that, then it is definitely worth doing. Okay, let's take this just, just one step further because I think this is a really important consideration long term. It is now if you have multiple websites per or website per country, then you could set your analytics or your server time zone in that same country as well. But if you have one website and one analytics program, by setting your time zone where your analytics is probably in one, your average account can be in six different ones. Does that make analyzing data a lot more difficult when you're using AdWords and GA together? It does. Yep. There's absolutely no doubt about that. The, there's a trade-off with almost every decision that you make when you start trying to deal with internationalization, um, and that that's one of them right there. So being able to say, well, AdWords is saying that, that this traffic is coming in at 6 a.m., but my Google Analytics thinks that it's coming in at noon. Wh which is it going to do? What's it going to say? How am I going to report on this either you know, to my boss, to the, my stakeholders, to my clients? Whoever I'm, I, needs to know that information to make their decisions, how do I effectively and reliably get that to them? And you have to have a plan in place to do that before you make any of those decisions. So, so Becky, your first point about considerations was so good it took us on like a three or four minute tangent there, <laughs> but really useful. So, there's, so when, there's another consideration I wanted to bring up. Please uh, do because this is this is great stuff. Go ahead. Um, so another one is obviously whether you can handle language translation in house or not. It's a massive consideration, and it's something that you'll um, definitely have to think about as to whether you're using localized languages and you using localization or not. Um, and that can be a massive problem for some agencies or some companies when thinking about launching uh, internationally. Okay, so when you think of this, right, you've got automated systems. I mean, Google uh, used to have like a make my campaign in Italian. Of course, it was, it was <laughs> yeah. automated. You've got, you could hire someone who's local but doesn't know marketing. You could hire someone who's local who does not market. You could hire a full firm that does this, and that's their entire job is marketing plus translation you know, type of things. Where do you usually start 
versus where do you have a place you want to start versus end up? Do you start the best way possible? How do you, you know, when you think of these considerations, what, you know, money is obviously probably our biggest consideration here plus results, but how do you usually go about this? Now, obviously, in our position, you know, we're an agency doing this for our clients. So that does color a little bit, you know, our position on that. So we will either use a, a native speaker that we have in-house. But one, the most common is actually assuming that the client has localized their website themselves to ask them to use that same service. And we will say, come and spend a day at our office. We will train you about generating keyword lists. We'll train you about writing ads. We'll give you all the, the stuff that we've used. So you can see, you know, you can't just translate from an ad from English to French, but you can say, these are the USPs that we're talking about. These are the, our main selling points. These are what we've discovered as the most compelling ad messages. Now, how would you write that from scratch in French? Um, and the service that they've used for writing the website, they're probably native speaking copywriters. So they get writing even if they don't necessarily know search. So a, bit, you know, a day of, or so of training and you can really kickstart that process. And they will need to do a lot of that work from scratch, albeit they have an awful lot to base it off. If you literally don't have that, then it's almost always easier to find a native speaker and help them understand search than to find someone that gets search and isn't necessarily the best language person because the results can come back. I don't want to say hilariously bad, but they can be hilariously bad. Yes, yes. And, and, and that gets into some, some of the things. I mean, I remember one of our, our accounts, and, and they're a big B2B industrial company, and they could afford to translate their website and their ads by language, but what they couldn't afford is to redo videos and images. So they still left their images and videos in English. The website was in you know, Russian and, and well, Egyptian, a lot of different languages, and it worked well enough. I mean, you've got that money consideration. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break for our sponsors. We're going to finish up one more interesting translation question and then kind of move on with, with other things about how to do international targeting. More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. 
Go to ShipStation.com slash Webmaster Radio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org. Only on webmasterradio.fm. So we're back talking with Alistair Dent and, and Becky from Periscopics about international paid search. It, and so one of my almost pet peeves in a way is an American company or it could be a British company who says, well, hey, Britain and America, they both speak English. So let me just add them to my list. And, 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 and obviously we have words that are not the same. Do you do English to English, American English to Australian English, or American English to UK English translations. How important is that? So, actually, that it can be important in the long run, but I would say not so important in the short run. Now, that sounds like a contradiction, but I would almost never say, I'm just going to add this to my list. My campaign will work well in both because it's the same language and, and everything's amazing. Because your bidding differences, the different competitors you'd be running against, etc., make that almost impossible. But in terms of localizing my keywords and ads, there's some, and hopefully when you're going into this process, you know what they're going to be, reasonably obvious differences. So there are some just pieces of terminology. If you're selling pants, in the UK, you want to call them trousers. Otherwise, you mean underwear. That, that stuff is fairly hopefully well-known if you're actually in that industry and selling that stuff. But, but that's quite a simple thing to do. In t- but in terms of going through your entire campaign and redoing the whole lot, I would say duplicate it. So create a new campaign that's targeting the new area and in a new account if that's how you would like to do that. And let it evolve differently over time. If it starts off broadly the same, that's a good p- starting position. And you can start saying... Well, actually, this is what I'm learning about my bidding differences and competitors. This is what I'm learning about the different USPs, the different terminology. The search query reports you'll get will be massively different and will have a major impact on your your eventual keyword lists a year down the line. But you've gotten 90 or even more percent of the way there just by saying, well, I've been running this campaign in the US for years. And so my UK campaign can start off very similarly. 
Yeah, um, and this kind of, this just for our listeners, this goes to the website too. I remember one e-commerce company where all we did was we did two itty bitty changes, and and conversion rates went up by twelve percent. It was we put both a UK and a US flag for what language you want to see it in, as opposed to UK for American English, and we changed the word shopping cart to shopping basket depending on the country. Like little things like that can make big differences, but but okay. So we've got our languages, we've got our countries, we've got our time zones, and so I could you know I could go in here slowly or I could jump in the deep end, right? So I could do something just as simple as take my campaigns as they are, which might just be English, and say add Germany as a country. Now in that case, I'm going to get people who are searching in German are searching in Germany in English to see those and get some idea about the country, but the English speakers in the country, or I could, you know, go full bore and, and translate everything and get started and really jump into the German market. Do you, when you look at a new market, do you, do you kind of test it first or do you just say to really know it, we've got to go into it and just figure it out? How do you approach those new markets that way? We have actually tested uh, some of the options that you've talked about as well. So uh, testing an English campaign out in a foreign market. And really what's very important is how prevalent English is in that market. So what percentage of the population are actually searching in English? And what we found is that in a lot of markets, for example, France, it's just a very small percentage of the population that are searching in English. So if you're using it to test the waters, you're not really testing the waters efficiently because you're only seeing a very, very small proportion of the traffic that could be coming in. So we would always recommend going full blast, getting the translations done, translating your website if possible as well. That would obviously be key. One of the common faux pas is that um, an ad will be in a foreign language, but then when people land on the landing page, it's in English, for example. Um, and that's got to be frustrating for people, especially if you don't know the language that the, uh, the web page that you land on is in. Uh, so that's something that we we give advice to our clients about as well. So okay, so let, let's expand that for a second. So let's just assume we're we're starting from English in this these examples. So I could do English keywords, and I'm just going to use Germany here. English keywords, English ads, German website. I could do English ads, German or English keywords, German ads, German website. I mean, so when you, I can mix and match languages, is there any time it's okay to do? Keywords of one language, but the ads and landing page in another. I mean, I agree that landing page different than the ads is just a bad idea. But but what about keywords to ads? The keywords should always be matching with the language that the ad is going to be in as well. Uh, the only exceptions might be if it's brand name and your brand name is um, non-translatable across different countries. So. Um, if it's something that wouldn't be translatable, that everyone knows that that is your brand and you would say it in the same way in one country and another, uh, that's a situation where obviously it will be in your language, uh, but then the ad could be in a different country language if you wanted it to. But in all other situations, if you've got keywords in German, your ad should be in German as well. So, okay, so let's take the, the when you set up a campaign, you choose a language, but this isn't really the language always the user search again. Can, can you explain Google's language campaign setting real quick? People will um, select a language preference when they start using Google. Um, and Google will um, use this language preference 
to tie in with the languages that you select within AdWords. So if I start using uh, Google, it will ask me to select my language preference. I'll put in that my language preference is German. And then I can use a variety of um, Google search engines out there. And whether I'm typing in English or I'm typing in German, my language preference will always be German. And that is what will link up with AdWords. Okay, so this is, this comes confusion then. So if I could live in the UK and search all day in English, but I opened my Google account when I lived in Germany first, and so anyone who's not targeting German and England, I wouldn't actually see their ads. So when you think of just your default languages, do you pick them all? Do you select just the language of the country? How do you think of that, that initial setting? So the most common thing that you're likely to use is – um, English and local. Now, in, if for, in your scenario, for example, someone has moved from Germany to the UK, they do everything in English now. Google, I mean, Google aren't stupid. They might seem it with some of their public relations <laughs> policies, but Google aren't stupid. If someone is continually on a .co.uk domain and doing all of their searches in English, Google will, will and are able to assume a language preference. And but in reality, what they're likely to do is present the user saying, you look like you're in the UK. Do you want English to be your, your language for this? There, if you, English is, is unique, particularly amongst you know, the Western world. If you have somebody in an English-speaking country and you're targeting just English as a language, you're going to get 99.9% .9 of the people. You are not going to be losing out on many of those users. So just to, just to – on the U.S. market, that's actually not true. So the U.S. market, if you had Spanish, you're going to jump up impressions by like 12%. If you had Polish, you're going to get three more percent. If you had Korean, you're going to another percent. So actually in the U.S., it's somewhere between 70 to 80% are actually English. Um, and, and that's, and us is a really weird melting pot compared to, well, maybe not Belgium, but, um, <laughs> they have a lot of languages in Belgium, but <laughs> so I find that in UK, I think you're right. I, I find that Google actually kind of changes that a little bit by country. So some experimenting can be good there. Um, but and, so, that, and that's an interesting thing to be aware of when you are internationalizing that every country is going to be different from each other and the way that those kind of. Um, things will behave. So one of the things we recommend once you go outside your home country is start with English and local, but don't be afraid of adding loads and loads of others. There's plenty of situations when you might just say add all languages because there's not an awful lot to lose. People are still only going to see your ads. You're only going to rack up impressions and clicks and spend if they're searching in the language of your keyword. So the downside is very, very minimal to saying, let's add all these languages. Let's make sure that whatever the user preference is, we've got it covered. And as soon as you do start to internationalize, you can kind of watch your back to quite a large extent, even if you're going into other English language countries like the US with, with a big Spanish population or Canada with a French-speaking area. You can just make sure that those idiosyncrasies can be minimized. Yep. And, and sometimes you're different demographics by language than a country, which makes language targeting, sometimes even more interesting. So uh, let's take a break for our sponsors. I'm going to ask a segmentation question about country plus language when we come back. More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. 
Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. BubbleFast burst onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the Bubble Fast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount. Or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at Bubble Fast. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. So you're back talking with Alistair and, and Becky from Periscopics about our national paid search. And so when you when you think about and I'm just gonna use Belgium because they're a great example for this, where we've got, you know, you've got four different languages commonly spoken in the country. And, and so what Google doesn't give us is stats by language. Right? We can't slice data that way. So other times that you do the same keywords, but this is Flemish or this is English or this is French, even though the keywords are the same and just segment out the language? Or is that just too much extra work for for what you're going to get? I think it depends on the market. With Belgium, I would say um, if you're using ads that are in one language, um, uh, let's say um, you've got ads in French, which I guess is the most most commonly spoken uh, over the region, um, then you could select all the all the different languages 
um, to be shown within that campaign. I would only split out the campaigns if I was actually going to have different ads that were in Flemish, um, that were in French, that were in uh, English, that perhaps were in uh, German, all of the different languages that they, they do happen to speak uh, within Belgium. Otherwise, I think I would just start within one campaign and I would see how progress goes. I'd first monitor traffic and see what the results look like. Um, and then I might consider expanding out. Okay, so let's let's say I'm going to go back to, to Alistair. When we started the show, you made a good point that this doesn't have to be big brands. It could be small brands. So let's say I, I'm a small brand in the UK. Um, I, you know, I'm spending £10,000 a month, which, which is okay, decent size. And, and I want to test out France and Germany and Netherlands and so forth. What advice would you give me for my first steps? Uh, I'm a small, medium-sized budget. What's my first things I should really do to, to make sure I don't waste money, but I understand enough to see if this is successful for me? So some of the really interesting things that dominate your success in your home market will also dominate success in your, in your sort of new markets. So things like, do you have any brand recognition? Your conversion rate will massively depend on whether anyone knows of and trusts your brand when they see your ads. And you've got amazing tools like Google Trends to help you start to see that. You know, what, a, what is the search volume for my brand in France versus in the UK? There's also, you know, and, you know, in digital, we don't talk about this kind of stuff very much, but very traditional marketing research techniques. You can ask a market research firm to go to France and start conducting some focus groups. You can start testing your prompted and unprompted awareness and saying, you know, have you heard of this this British brand? Would you consider buying from them? Do you think that the the fact they're not British would put you off, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? You can start getting reasonably helpful answers to those questions. So knowing just the impact of that market, is it going to revolutionize my business? What cost is it going to have to start being able to translate the website, translate the or localize the PPC campaign, set up the new shipping and logistics arrangements, and just is there a cost benefit that's going to be beneficial? Once you start getting into the PPC side of things, then realistically, your first and most important is, how am I going to localize this? Do I have the people? Do I have the skills already? Or do I need to start finding a partner who's going to be able to help me out with that? Okay, so you made an interesting point, like localization. So if, I'm in, if I've got a .co.uk right now, and I want to go to France, right? I could get, buy a .fr, I could buy a, a .eu, or I could use my .co.uk. What do you suggest people do from a website TLD standpoint? Now, I mean, that, I'm going to be honest, is a little bit outside of my area of expertise okay. um, in regards to domaining. What I can say, and, and, and this, is, this is anecdotal, um, but across our, you know, our clients who have done this, we've got, you know, we're in a, a sort of a situation where we have quite a lot of, of evidence and if it's not very very localized it's going to be a struggle if you try to half-heartedly do it then the credibility amongst your the your new potential users can be pretty low particularly if you're coming in with next to no brand recognition and you're trying to start use, building a brand while you're doing search so i would really encourage doing whatever you need to regarding the, the website and the TLDs to f look like you are do it, taking this seriously and build that trust. 
Okay, that's great. Now, now let's say that uh, I'm just my small business happens to be an e-commerce space, which means I've got a Google Merchant account that's in English if I'm in UK, but if I'm going to France, do I translate it, or what should I know about Google Merchant Center stuff for shopping campaigns? Google have really tightened um, their belt on the rules for Google Shopping campaigns over the last six months. And where you used to be able to get away with launching your merchant center from the UK in different countries to test the waters, that's no longer allowed. Um, and you'll be at risk of getting your account blacklisted if, if you do have that happen. What you would need to do is make a merchant center for each country that you plan to target, which needs to be localized. So all the terms need to be translated and made in the local language. You need to put in shipping information specifically for that country. You need to include tax information specifically for that country as well. And then you'll be able to launch your shopping campaigns. We've seen great success from launching shopping campaigns in other countries as a way of testing the waters internationally. So that's definitely something that I would recommend people thinking about. Okay, perfect. And so small business makes sense how you expand. Now, let's say I'm a giant brand. I'm Coca-Cola or Pepsi or IBM, Oracle, so forth. And of course, I want to be in every country out there. So uh, should I, as a big brand, when my brand terms are unique, Oracle, right, a Google, do I, do I just assume everyone in the country wants to see stuff in that language or, you know, because my brand name obviously doesn't doesn't translate right. Or maybe I've got products, but the, you know, Salesforce, they're English word-based products. What are the big brand considerations for adding another country? So big brands, actually, when you look at what they do right now, are very, very uniform. So they will include their brand as a keyword in the, you know, the language that it actually works in. So Salesforce is a good, a good example. So they will include Salesforce as their keyword. Everything else will be local language, like the whole lot. In fact, a lot of these cases, they will, when they're talking about building out their PPC campaigns, they're not talking about, okay, let's duplicate our US campaign for Germany, and we're going to also do a version for South Africa, and we're going to do these around the world. They will just have an individual team or agency in each country building it from scratch, totally managing that on its own merits, saying, this is going to be, we're so big in this country, it's worth doing this properly locally and not even think about this as being an international campaign but this is one of many local campaigns yep pnl statements pretty much by country that that makes a lot of sense hey so this is this has been great um any final words of wisdom uh, about things you definitely should consider or think about before you expand languages or countries yeah i think the last one that is is really can trip people up is to think about the different practices for tax in each country specifically not necessarily just the the laws and how you're going to operate but how do consumers expect to see tax even between english-speaking countries in the uk the standard consumer expects to see taxes including sale prices including sales tax in the us they'll expect to see prices not including sales tax and that difference if you get that wrong if you come to the UK and you start showing and you don't include sales tax in your prices, you're going to look super cheap. You're going to get tons and tons of traffic and your conversion rate will be abominable. It's something that could trip up a lot of brands, but you have to know the, just the basic sales practices of those countries so that you get things like taxes, like you know, what are the typical 
you know, shipping charges that people expect to pay, what what are the normal practices someone would generally expect to go through when they're shopping in this country? You really have to get that right. That is that is fantastic information to know. Everyone better listen into that show to catch that tip. Um, so, hey, this was great. So if someone wants to find more about you online, where should they look? I think that if they come to periscopics.co.uk, they can find out all about us, our team, our clients, our work, etc. We're pretty lovely guys, so come along and have a look. And girls too, both of you. Huh. <laughs> and Alistair and I are both speaking at SMX East in New York. So if you happen to be uh, coming along towards the end of September, come over and say hi to us. Excellent. And thank you listeners for joining us for another episode of Mark and Nirvana. As a reminder, show notes and other information about our guests can be found on certifiedknowledge.org. New episodes can be found on Mondays at noon Eastern at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find archives or past episodes at webmasterradio.fm, iTunes, Google Play, the Webmaster Radio app, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and pretty much everywhere you listen to music. Thank you for listening. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.